Welcome to Silicon Valley Momentum, where advisor and author Roland Siebeling talks all things tech startups and brings you interviews with founders across the world. Now, here's your host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Silicon Valley Momentum podcast. I'm very lucky today to have as our special guest, Krish Ramineni, who is the co-founder and CEO at Fireflies.ai, one of the most uh, compelling voice assistants out there. Hello, Krish. Thank you for joining. Hi, Roland. Great to be on the show, and thank you so much for taking the time to have me here. I'm so excited to have you here because, um, you know, in these pandemic times that we're currently living through, we've seen some amazing traction with voice assistance and everything that really supports remote work. So I'm looking to get into that uh, very soon. But, um, Krish, when you would subscribe um, Fireflies in just one quick elevator pitch, what problem do you solve for which target group and what's your key differentiation? Great, yeah. Fireflies is a meeting assistant that joins your meetings across various video conferencing platforms. It's able to capture, transcribe, and help you essentially complete work in systems that you are already in, whether that's a CRM like Salesforce, a chat system like Slack, or a project management system uh, of your choice. So our whole goal has able to help people focus on their conversations and let AI complete work in the background and uh, perform tasks for them. So you're not the only voice assistant in the market at this stage, right? So um, what differentiation do you have compared to some of the other companies in this field? Those that shall not be named, of course. What, do you target a different group of customers? Do you have a specific feature that others don't possess? What's your differentiation? Right, I think the market is very, uniquely segmented. So definitely on the consumer end, you have the Siri, uh, Amazon Alexas of the world, Google Home, which don't directly compete with what we're doing. They are really at-home assistants. What we are essentially doing is bringing some of the same capabilities and functionality to the workplace, so specifically your meetings and the work you're doing. So the use case is very much on the B2B work side. The other areas is voice in general has been a very interesting space. Um, a lot of the core technologies people are in, uh, investing in, like ASR, the speech recognition, mm -hmm. transcription, I think there's going to be commonalities on how technology is built, just like how, you know, a decade ago, everyone was building on mobile. Or, you know, 20 years ago, everyone was building on cloud. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the key differentiators in terms of what we focus on is helping with workflows and allowing people to complete tasks uh, versus primarily focusing on any single vertical and doing analytics. I think there are tools out there that do a great job of performing sales analytics or customer support mm -hmm. analytics. Whereas for us, we take more of a direction of how do we help people complete work and tasks across different verticals, whether you're in sales, whether you're a product manager, whether you're an engineer or someone in ops. So it's more of a work assistant. So would that mean that you're trying to sell to an entire company at large or just like any employee that finds you? What's your go-to market, Krish? For us, we focus on the end user and the individual user needs to have an incredible experience. So for us, if you go to our website, our pricing is transparent. People can sign up and start using Fireflies immediately and they can bring it to their teammates and their colleagues and start inviting their teams as well to start using it. 
And from there, you know, Fireflies proves its utility. There's different use cases people explore with it. And then over time, the goal is you start seeing Fireflies spread end to end within an organization. So you might see cross-functional teams using it. You might see small organized, small departments using the platform. There really isn't, I think, a restriction in terms of how it spreads. It truly is a horizontal platform with numerous use cases, very similar to the Slacks of the world or the Zooms of the world. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I definitely want to get back to that a little bit when we talk about attraction, but maybe also for context. Like, can you tell us a little bit about how Fireflies came into being? I believe you were founded at MIT. Is that right? Yeah, so both uh, my co-founder and I uh, had started Fireflies in Boston. So before that, I was mm -hmm. a product manager at Microsoft, um, working mm -hmm. on their collaboration suite, and it was just a wonderful experience. Afterwards, mm -hmm. I was actually planning on going to grad school, and I had a little bit of time before going to grad school. And so I, met, uh, I went back to meet one of my friends uh, who I had mm -hmm. met several years ago while I was in college. He was finishing up at MIT. Um, Sam, so Sam Udatong, yep. Yep, my co-founder and CTO, uh, he was doing machine learning, deep learning, a lot of interesting things uh, in that space at MIT, and we got started um, there um, for, we spent some time in MIT in Boston to get the company mm -hmm. rolling, and then we moved out to San Francisco, where I'm originally from, uh, to set up our HQ. You already mentioned the technology investment in ASR and other voice technologies. What other trends and changes are you seeing that you're capitalizing on and how would you describe your future market and your future impacts? So definitely when we were starting out, voice wasn't our first priority. We were thinking mm. of building more of chatbots and email bots that can help understand conversations. A few years ago, there was a huge trend around uh, bots. Um, and we saw the rollout of the Slack bot ecosystem yeah. and you see uh, bots on websites when you go and uh, mm -hmm. interact with uh, the website on their live chat. So mm -hmm. that was definitely our area of interest and in building workflows around that. What we started to see was there was this saturation in the chat bot and email bot and workflow tools, but voice was a blue ocean. A lot of people weren't tackling it, but we also felt 70% of all the major conversations that ever happened in an organization happen inside meetings and voice conversations. Mm -hmm. So that felt like a much bigger market, a much bigger blue ocean for us to dive into. It's definitely a much harder market because the underlying infrastructure and technology needed to do well in that market takes a lot of effort and time. Mm -hmm. um, but we felt like that could be a great starting point to helping organizations unlock all these conversations and all this, uh, all these uh, important insights and knowledge from those. So that's why we decided to go the route of voice. And mm -hmm. as a byproduct of that, the technology, the voice over IP, the infrastructure had to be built in order to be able to scale to that. Our initial hypothesis always was that there is gold buried inside conversations. There is knowledge mm. buried inside conversations. So we stuck to that theme but there were many iterations and pivots throughout the process. Mm. I think the thing that you start seeing is before we even started building the product, we knew something like this should exist. There are large companies that wanted to make these things exist. Um, whether you look at uh, the Googles of the world, the Microsofts of the world, I think there's always this vision of, oh, it would be incredible to have a meeting assistant that joins as a participant and does work for you, like an mm -hmm. AI secretary. So that theme has been going on for, I would say, you know, decades. 
the interesting thing is how do you actually make it work? How do you actually yeah. market with something that provides value? And I would say the, the technology has also been trending in the right direction to mm. enable this, right? So voice technology has come a long way in the last five years. Uh, some of the work we do today, maybe five years ago, would have required uh, a dozen PhDs to really dive deep into. So now mm. you have the democratization of AI, you have better models, you have better GPUs and tools to uh, run these systems on. And so now you're starting to see the cons uh, commercialization of this technology. And mm -hmm. so for us, uh, it's also the technology wave that we're able to ride. And uh, yeah, it's definitely something even two to three years ago, the technology risk was very high and it's not completely gone, but it's something that has dramatically improved, uh, especially over the last two to three years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is that also what gave you the courage, you and Sam, to uh, go into this market knowing full well, as you said, that behemoths like Microsoft and Google, Microsoft, you knew from the inside, of course, that they were also looking at that market as something that should exist. I think uh, from the likes of Microsoft and Google, so I myself wasn't working on anything directly related uh, sure. to this stuff at Microsoft, but there was always this fascination when you hear talks from folks about like, what does the future of work look like? Mm -hmm. um, and they talk about augmented assistance. And I almost think like every company has some sort of narrative related to this. So it's just really cool to be able to go out and take that sort of grandiose vision, distill it down to the parts that matter, mm -hmm. uh, and then be able to, to build something out that people actually want to use, right? So mm -hmm. I think what I've learned through this whole process is there's things people do on the marketing front and the narratives that people sell that, that convinces folks. And then at the end of the day, great ideas just need constant distilling to so mm -hmm. that you get down to the core parts. And that's where, and then you go through that distillation and then you build the product and then you start realizing, oh, there's a lot more that is now possible with this now that it's on the market. So it's almost like an hourglass sort of uh, thing where it has to go through the distillation process Mm. and then execute on that. And then as you start scaling, you start realizing, oh, there's a way more potential to this than we had initially thought. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, don't leave your ideas just in your head or in your deck because you'll never actually get to learning what the reality of the idea is before you have it on, on the market in a prototype version, at least. That's what you're saying, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know until the rubber hits the road and yes. you get your first customer <laughs> feedback. Uh, where this is even going. And that's a lot harder than it sounds, right? And so getting folks to product market fit and then beyond um, is definitely like a very hard stage for a lot of startups, including ourselves when we started. Mm -hmm. What were some key things you did to get through that stage? Everyone struggles with finding product market fit and then getting to a skating stage, as you say. What were some things in retrospect that you did right? And maybe there's also something you can share where uh, you said, you know, we spent way too much time or effort on this and it didn't pay off to us in the end. I think from day one, we wanted to build a product that was self-serve and that's something people can go use, uh, realize value, get activated and then swipe their credit card and start using. And so for us, that was a very big decision. Uh, we today uh, don't have any salespeople um, and that is something that'll, that might change over time, but it was really important for us that 
in order for this technology to succeed at the scale that we in, in, in envisioned, mm -hmm. we needed people to be able to start using it and realizing value from it. So mm -hmm. we just hyper-focused on getting people to start using the product, yeah. um, discovering it, learning uh, the things, and then there's no silver bullet. You just have to keep chipping away, keep iterating away at all the bottlenecks. Um, you know, from the customer acquisition to the activation funnel to the recurring usage funnel. And then that's the, the less glamorous part, but that is also the most important part that you have to keep setting up and keep iterating on. I think it's very different versus if you have a sales-driven approach where mm. uh, you can sell the vision, you can have someone evangelize it, you can do uh, solution selling, uh, mm -hmm. you can do a lot of interesting things. Uh, in that regard, and then go to market that way. So there's there's no right or wrong answer. Um, given that we were very product engineering uh, centric founders, mm. we felt like that the best way is that we're going to build something that people find value from. Um, and so that's that's the direction we went in. And that was honestly for us the best way to identify what people care about and what people don't care about. Excellent. So um, you said you have no sales uh, uh, people at the moment, right? So it's a completely product-led growth uh, model, as I understand it. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the traction you guys have seen so far, especially in these special times with so many remote workers. Yeah, in the last six months, especially the current version of Fireflies and uh, what it's been through. So we've rolled out the recent version in uh, early Jan. Mm -hmm. And then COVID hit in uh, March. Um, and so I would say we were definitely COVID beneficiaries um, mm -hmm. from what has happened. Um, it's just there's this uh, intersection of so many themes, right? Voice, like we talked about, remote work um, and collaboration software. You've seen Zoom go through the roof, Google Meet, uh, Microsoft Teams, and all these platforms that, uh, that are on the video conferencing side uh, go through the roof. I read mm -hmm. somewhere that you know, in a very short period of time, 60% or more of the country uh, just went into remote mode. And right. so all of a sudden that has changed the nature of how people think about um, tools like Fireflies. And we were already part of crossing the chasm and then that got accelerated. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I know that like the remote workspace itself has been growing at almost 150% in the last decade. And mm -hmm. this was before COVID hit. So it's just, I think, like a really interesting uh, period in time, someone that no one could have planned for. Um, and it's funny because when we first started the company, we didn't even use the word uh, remote work in, mm. in our products. Mm -hmm. uh, we said it's going to be something that helps people at work and uh, a meeting assistant that joins your uh, conference rooms. Uh, and we, we still have that. But it's just so fascinating when I go online and see people talk about the space uh, they include fireflies in their market like landscapes and they say mm. this is one of the uh, remote work products that's become popular um, over the last couple of months. So it's just great to see that the market pulled this out of us versus yeah. us having to uh, engineer a market around what we do. So yeah. that, that, that honestly is like a blessing in disguise more so than anything. It's definitely something, uh, you know, that, that took us by surprise, um, uh, especially starting around February and March as the acceleration mm -hmm. happened. Um, but it also was just part of our roadmap or our initiative that we were going after. Mm -hmm. um, and there is just, I think, a lot more value we want to provide to businesses and teams that use Fireflies beyond what the system offers today. But it's, mm -hmm. a, great, uh, it's a great thing to see. 
all we see is constantly having to keep up uh, with servers and scale and yeah. uh, just making sure that the system's up all the time and go through growing pains, which is very common for uh, a lot of startups. Mm -hmm. But it's only when you're in that sort of hair on fire mode, do you realize that, oh, it's the market is really pulling this out of you. You need to hire people. You need to, uh, you know, delegate responsibilities and you need to move from just building a product to building a team that can handle all of this that's happening. So I think that's definitely happened at a much faster pace than we had anticipated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just a growing pains that you deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk to me a little bit about your team? I know that founders are typically interested in uh, what kind of people do you hire? What profiles? What are you prioritizing? And also, how do you make sure that the people you hired are actually the right people for your team? Yeah, it's a great question. So one interesting thing about us is we're a 100% globally distributed team um, across several locations in multiple countries. Mm -hmm. uh, and so from day one, even though we didn't use remote work in our pitch about Fireflies, uh, we ourselves wanted to build a remote working team because that's yeah. how my co-founder and I started working for a long period mm -hmm. of time. Um, and it just uh, felt like, uh, you know, sometimes engineers just want to be able to focus. And yeah. Uh, there's, there was that, that was, it was out of convenience more than anything that we started mm -hmm. that way. And today you see companies like Zapier, GitLab yep. adopted at much larger scale. Yep. Um, and so we, we are a remote team. So as a result, we also are one of the largest dog feeders of our product and are able to keep <laughs> improving based on our, um, how our team grows and evolves. Um, the team today is primarily engineering product and design focused. Um, and a lot of folks just thinking about voice, uh, a lot of people thinking about scalability and infrastructure. Um, and we have, we, our next goals are to hire out for our go to market. Um, so like bringing on our first marketing hire, or bringing yeah. on our uh, first sales hire down the road. Um, but a lot of what we've done is just been about refining the product and the overall experience. Mm. Um, and the team that's able to like, I think it's also helps us hire um, a little bit easier because a lot of engineers and product folks want to join a company that is product first rather than yes. sales first. Um, and so for them, this is music to their ears in terms of how we give them responsibility and ownership in terms of driving uh, the things. And they are very close to the customer and hear the voice of the customer. So for us, um, that DNA is there. We're very engineering and product centric. Mm -hmm. um, there's a time and place for us to translate that into uh, marketing and sales, but mm -hmm. I'm always a believer that sales and marketing becomes a lot easier if you're selling something that people really want and uh, it's already has a high demand for. What I would say is that I hear from other founders that um, what they would worry about if they didn't have such emphasis on marketing and sales is the competition going to catch the market before we do. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, that's a, definitely a great question. Um, I think because of our use cases and our horizontal application, we felt this is the right way to go about it. If yep. we were focused on a singular vertical like sales or mm. customer success or support and building a very tailored product for those use cases like some of the other folks in the voice market, it absolutely makes sense for them to double down on sales, double down on um, uh, the... I guess the marketing and spend and raising lots of money to be able to go do that. Um, we're in an interesting market where we're focused on a lot of these use cases, a lot of bottoms up adoption 
And then there will be a lot of workflows and uh, other opportunities for people to adopt the platform on. So that, that definitely helps us in terms of this. And I think it's almost a blessing to have uh, these sort of use cases and knowledge so that we can learn from it. Um, I think also the other trade-off is when you go down uh, that particular, particular vertical focus, which I think is great, um, mm -hmm. you tend to have to price a lot higher um, mm -hmm. and you have to go after a user segment that's willing to pay a lot so that you can justify the sales and marketing expenditure. So um, that also becomes an interesting thing where you play this pricing game and stuff. So in terms of what we're trying to do, um, and in terms of like, you know, how you can buy fireflies today, like an individual can buy it on their own mm -hmm. credit card, a team can buy it, um, you know, on their, uh, teams like expense budget for the month. So mm -hmm. th there's a very different strategy that we're going. And we believe in like the model, like Atlassian and Slack, where you go mm -hmm. for volume, uh, you go for a lot of users and lots of seats and lots of adoption. Yeah. Um, and when you can do that, that's when you get a lot of use cases and a user base that you can build on top of. We also said um, something before about the virality, this kind, this time not about the coronavirus, but about the app spreading like wildfire throughout an organization, right? So can you talk a little bit about that? Because so many founders would love to have the B2B software uh, that gets signed up by one, two uh, individual contributors and then starts having that organizational virality. Any tricks they can learn from, any insights that you can share? Yeah, I think there's definitely certain things that we've seen. Sharing is a very good indicator. Uh, if people are able to share their meetings or recaps with other teammates, that always helps uh, light the fire. Uh, number two is uh, value that a person receives before they even sign up for uh, Fireflies. When <laughs> someone else sees Fireflies on a meeting like this, and if I had never used Fireflies, I'm going to naturally ask you about what is the, the product? And if I'm able to experience the notes or the, the recaps and transcripts before I even sign up, mm -hmm. then I've been activated. Uh, and that is always a great, great uh, way to get people through the door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then like with anything, there's virality you can track um, through people sharing and people signing up or teammates signing up or other organizations signing up. And then there is something to be definitely said about virality through word of mouth. Um, so when people tweet, when people talk about the product, uh, that I think is the ultimate sign. It doesn't matter if you're a bottoms up SaaS business or you're a traditional SaaS business where you have free trials and you need to get people through. Um, mm -hmm. So those are definitely really important uh, pieces of the funnel where you need people to be able to be your advocates. Um, and, you know, we take every bug, every uh, uh, issue that's brought up very seriously and it gets straight uh, to our engineering team. And we try to work as quickly as possible to resolve those issues um, so that people have a really delightful experience. And I think our early customer base has just done a wonderful job of being vocal and uh, helping us. They know we're a small startup and they know that uh, there's like uh, a lot of things we can do, a lot of things we have to say no to. Um, and so I think it's just great to have like a community of folks that are like using it at such a large scale and then providing feedback to help continue to improve that. We are almost at the end of this recording. So what is something that you need from this audience? Are you primarily looking for new employees? Are you looking for people to sign up and try it out for themselves? What is the, the biggest need and where would you guide people that are listening to this podcast and are become excited about Fireflies? Yeah, I think that we 
are definitely looking for folks uh, to join our team, um, especially on the go-to-market function. We're hoping yep. to hire our first growth PM um, and a mm -hmm. more traditional product manager. So those are two areas we're thinking about. Um, we actually really like people from a B2C um, arena mm. because our product, we the way we build and track and measure our product is very much like a B2C product, even though yep. we're serving a B2B use case. So mm -hmm. if there are folks out there that have worked at you know, fast growing B2C startups or even B2B SaaS companies that are bottoms up focused, um, mm. you know, have a deep passion for growth, uh, metrics and uh, all of the things related to that, right? The full stack, like you should be curious about, uh, you know, how growth works on a product level, mm -hmm. how growth works from uh, marketing, ads, PR, SEO. So the full, uh, full growth stack, that's someone we're looking to uh, hire for. Um, yep. And that is probably something we'd love from the audience. If they're interested, they can reach out to me directly mm -hmm. uh, or find me on LinkedIn. Um, so Chris Ramanini. And yeah, we always love uh, to see, you know, the best feeling is when I join a meeting with someone and they tell me, hey, I use uh, Fireflies or I was on a meeting with someone else who used Fireflies. Yeah. Um, I've had op op opportunities where I've interacted with colleagues of mine or friends of mine and they said, I was on a meeting with someone, they brought in fireflies and this is a total stranger, you don't know them, but we just spent like 10 minutes talking about how cool this is. So for me, that <laughs> makes all of the hard work, um, you know, like uh, it, it makes up for everything. So uh, that's, those are the things, the moments I look for. And so if people are out there, they're building teams, they're, you know, getting tired of having too many remote meetings and need to uh, better organize their meetings, um, we'd love for them to start using fireflies as well. Okay, URL is? Uh, you just can go to fireflies.ai, which is just the name yep. of our company. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, it's like two clicks to sign up and start using. Um, and you can, you can check it out and test it out for yourself. That's awesome. And of course, we'll put all those links in the show notes for this podcast as well. And if you know me personally, and you'd like to be introduced to Krish for uh, one of those go-to-market positions that he mentioned, I'm very happy to, uh, to introduce you. So uh, with that, uh, Krish, is there anything else we haven't covered that we should absolutely still put in this podcast? I think we've gotten through everything. So it was exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm excited to see what people think about it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Okay. So with that, uh, thank you everyone for listening. And if there's other founders of uh, Startups with Traction that you'd see as a good candidate to be interviewed on this podcast, drop me a line as well. And thank you, Krish. Like what you heard? Subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Tune in next time for more tech news and interviews with some of the brightest minds in tech today.